Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. A very financially tight man was looking for the perfect gift for his girlfriend, but everything was just too expensive in the store that he was at for his cheap taste, except for this one broken vase. He negotiated with the store clerk and and he bought the broken vase for next to nothing. He asked the store clerk to ship it to his girlfriend, but make it look like that he had shipped it. In doing so, he was hoping that his girlfriend would think that the vase had been broken actually during transit. But a couple of days later, the man received a text from his girlfriend. The text read, thanks for the vase. It was so thoughtful of you to wrap each piece separately. (laughs) Some of you will get that later as you think about it. Our culture and society encourages us to devalue broken things. Have you ever noticed that? It encourages us to devalue broken things. We often throw out what is broken and we replace it with something new or newer. I had a push mower that was about 12 years old. And, and, and mowing is something that I like doing. I don't mind mowing my yard. I actually take pleasure in mowing my yard. But this lawnmower was giving me a fit. And, and for a couple of years, I, I, I just struggled with getting the thing to start. It was so frustrating that every time I would go out, I would have to get the tools out and I would have to work on it. And, and I only know a limited amount of information on small engines. So there's only a few things that I can do to try and repair it. And, and a couple of times I had the carburetor rebuilt, but this, this mower was just aging and I was just struggling to keep the thing running. And so it seemed like every time that I went outside to mow the yard that it just wouldn't start. And so finally I'd had enough. I just had enough one day. And, um, and so what I did is I went right on down to Sears and I bought me a new Craftsman push mower is what I did. And so I came home and it didn't take me very long at all to get rid of that old mower. I didn't even try and sell the piece of junk. I just gave it away to somebody that would take it off my hands. Another time I had a 68 Mustang, 68 Mustang, and it was a good looking car. I'm telling you, this was a great looking car, but I realized that the older that this car was becoming, the more repair that it needed. And it just seems like every time I, I, I would, uh, you know, get something fixed, some little something would break on this thing. And it wasn't cheap to fix something that was so old. And so one day I was sitting in, in Tampa traffic and the transmission started slipping. And so about a week later, I had it up for sale. I sold it and I bought a newer Jeep because that's what I wanted. And so, you know, it just seems like sometimes it's just easier to get rid of the broken things in life and replace it with something new. But it's not just the broken things that we throw out. We discard broken dreams and desires. We discard broken relationships and broken marriages. The world admires people that are put together. We like people that are polished, shiny. You know, it seems like everything in life just kind of looks good, you know. Their exterior is finished. Doesn't seem to be any flaws. There doesn't seem to be, you know, anything that that takes away from the beauty of, of what it is and who they are. You know these kind of people. It's the self-made millionaires in life. Man, we admire that, don't we? We look at the people that are, are just so beautiful. 
And we look at them and we think, man, how did they get that way? We even look at people that have more plastic. Let's, let's move on. I won't, I won't do that. Let's just keep moving. We're impressed and, and even jealous of families that they seem to have it all together. And like a beautiful vase, these people appear to have so much going for them. This is what we want to look like. We want our lives to look polished and perfect. We want our lives to resemble what we think they look like. But what if I told you, church, listen close to me. What if I told you that God uses the broken people of this world to make a difference? Some of you, you, your ears just perked up just a little bit because you're like, what did he just say? It's the broken people of this world that God uses to make a difference. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you do not have your Bible with you today, it will be on the screen so you can follow along there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to begin reading at verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. And it reads, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. If you will, now please go down to verse 16. It says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Our focus verse for today is verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Any man that has been married for any amount of time, knows the significance of remembering his wedding anniversary. Amen, men? Okay, you are a bunch of knotheads. <laughs> Women, you now have my permission to elbow them as hard as you can in the ribs. Men, I'm going to make that statement one more time, and I want you to respond a little bit louder than that. I said, any man that has been married for any amount of time knows the significance of remembering his wedding anniversary. Amen. Good job, you morons. I have been told that if you forget it once, you'll never forget it again because she'll make sure that you always remember it from there on out. Or maybe she'll just make sure that you never forget what you did. You know, there's even an anniversary gifts, gift list that suggests and often influences the type of gifts that people give on certain anniversaries. For instance, the first anniversary, did you know it is the paper anniversary? That's what it is. And I started thinking about this and I get it. I understand it a little bit because love and romance during that first year is still fresh in the air. You can get away with giving paper on that first anniversary. You know that, right? 
you just write her a sweet little note and it means the world to her. But you try writing just, just giving her just a sweet little note and that's it on, on the two-year anniversary or the five-year anniversary, the 10-year anniversary. You do it on the 20-year anniversary and I promise you World War III is going to break out in your home. You better give her something besides a card, something besides a note. The five-year anniversary, you give something that is made of wood. The 10-year anniversary is, is tin or aluminum. And, and that doesn't mean that you go and buy her a six-pack and wish her another decade of wet, wedded bliss. You know, that's not what you do. I needed to clarify that because some of you men have already proven throughout the, the small part of this sermon already that you are just not quite there. So I'm just making sure. You will notice that the more years that you have invested into the marriage, the more expensive the gifts become. For instance, the 20 year is the, is the China anniversary. The 25th year is the silver anniversary. The 50th is the golden anniversary. And so you're suggested to buy something made of gold. And since this is DCC's ninth year anniversary, we decided that we wanted to give you the traditional nine-year anniversary gift of pottery. That's what you're going to get today. You're going to get some pottery to take home with you. As you leave, our creative arts team, they have worked so hard and getting everything prepared for this day. Uh, they are going to be standing at the doors, and they're going to give you a little magnet made out of a broken piece of clay. We want you to take this home with you. Maybe put it on your refrigerator. We want you to put it somewhere where you can be reminded. Let it serve as a reminder to you, a reminder that we are all jars of clay. That's what God's word refers to us as, jars of clay. And that's interesting to me. It's inter interesting that God refers to us as jars of clay. Out of everything else that he created, I mean, think about it. The precious metals. Jewels, precious stones. Out of everything that he created, he doesn't call us by something that looks so magnificent or seems so valuable. No. When God refers to us, he calls us jars of clay. Clay pots. That's what we are. Clay is fragile. It does not take much pressure to to crack a clay pot. And like fragile clay pots, most of us in this room, we have been cracked or chipped by life's circumstances. For some of you, somebody hurt you. Somebody broke your dreams. They crushed you. For others in this room, it wasn't what somebody else did to you. It's not what they did to harm. It's what you did to harm yourself. You just made some poor decisions in life. And it's left you broken. For others in the room, it's not what, what somebody else did. It's not what you did. It's just life. Life handed you a hand that, that is unfair. And so it broke you. And you're left picking up the pieces. And you're trying to figure out, what does all of this mean? How do I get through life and still continue to function when I'm so broken? It's tough. 
Some of you want me to tell you that God is about to put you back on the wheel and on the potter's wheel and he's going to recreate you right now and he's going to make you into this new pot. I know enough about God's word that there's some vessels that are used for honor and there's some vessels that are just used for, for everyday purposes. Some are noble is what God's word says and some are just for common use. We're not all called to be fine china. Not all of us in this room will be put back on the potter's wheel and repaired back to the way that we think we ought to be repaired to. I didn't say he won't mend you. I didn't say that he won't fix you. You just want to be this beautiful vase. But sometimes God may leave you just a little bit broken. Maybe you feel like David during a time of stress when he wrote Psalm 31 and 12. that says, I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel is what he says. You may have walked into this room today discouraged by what you have been through. But I've got some good news for you. And I, won't, I really want you to hear this because I believe God has brought you to this moment and brought us all together here today to hear this. And the good news is that God loves using broken clay pots. God does. God loves using broken people. Psalm 51 and 17 says, A broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Psalm 34 and 8 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 147 and 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted. And so I want you to know this today. You should not despise your brokenness. Don't despise it, no matter what you've been through. And I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Well, you don't know what I've been through. But I do know this. God loves using broken things. And it's in your brokenness that, that you are made to be a candidate to be used by God. God is looking for, for a people who have become nothing so that he can become everything through them. That's what he's looking for out of us. You know, broken vessels, they leak. If I had a pitcher of liquid right now, if I had something to pour, water or something to pour into this broken vessel right now, you and I both know it would not contain, it would not hold the water that, that, would, that would be poured into this. It would just spill out, spill over onto my hand, onto the stage. This broken vessel would not be able to hold any type of liquid at all. It would not be able to contain what's being poured in. You see, to the world's standards, this seems useless. But to God, this is extremely useful. That's what we're called to do. As broken people, as broken individuals, as broken clay pots, until the vessel is properly broken, its, its contents can't flow out. And so God looks at our lives once they've been broken and he sees us as a perfect candidate, a candidate for this because when God begins to pour in his love, when God begins to pour in his mercy, when God begins to pour in his grace, you have no choice but when you're broken for it just to spill out and to leak all over anything and everyone. And that's you. That's you. Because let's just be honest, Destiny Community Church is not made up of a bunch of vessels that will be used for noble purposes. That's not us. We're common use vessels. We're clay pots. 
we're broken. And it's amazing to me how God continues to use so many of us in this room as he pours out his mercy, grace, and love into our lives, and, and, and it just spills over into others. Some of you, you have been brought to this church, and you've been brought into the kingdom of God because of people sitting next to you that allowed their lives, their broken lives, just to be a vessel, just to be a conduit, and as he poured in, it just spilled out all over you. And so what's better than being put together, being broken together. And that's what I love about our church. Take, for instance, Kim McGill. Kim never thought that her husband Richard would ever attend church on a regular basis. Both her and her husband were far from Christ. Their marriage was struggling. Their children were suffering because of it. After visiting a few churches, they felt judged by their skin, co skin color. But then God led them to DCC where they were surrounded by other broken people. Kim wrote these words this week. She said, I love my DCC family and all the relationships that have been built and most importantly, my relationship with Christ, something that would have been far away without DCC. I've been broken, and now we are broken together. How about Jean Barnett? Jean was left wounded and broken after a previous church experience like so many of you. Jean would visit DCC for a few weeks, but he would sit in the back he would get to church late and leave early so that he would not have to have any conversations. But then one Sunday, a group of young people, they went over and they prayed with Gene. Here's what Gene said about it. As we stood there interceding for one another, I felt the bindings around my heart begin to loosen. Jesus applied his healing salve to my wounds, and I felt free for the first time in months. Since then, I have once again poured my heart and soul into serving others here at Destiny Community Church. My tribe has become an integral part of my life. I've grown to love the people here. You have always been there praying for me and encouraging me. It is an honor and a pleasure to be a part of this body of believers. I am blessed with every hug and every handshake. Or Deanna Smith. After battling with fear and anxiety, Deanna lost her job unexpectedly. And Pastor Andrew preached a message called Unfair Advantages that changed her perspective and ultimately changed her life. Continuing to face fear head on, here's what Deanna said. I have built friendships with so many wonderful people, and none of them are perfect. None of them claim to be perfect. I was amazed at how honest some of these people are about their lives, their messes, their beautiful messes. I'm so thankful that we call Destiny Community Church our home. Seth and Meg Elkins. Seth and Meg began 2012 with, with renewed hope and excitement after overcoming obstacles in life and their marriage. And they were ready for a fresh start to grow their family of three to more. 
Little did they know that three years later they would still only be a family of three. Infertility had completely taken them by surprise and they were surrounded by baby showers, gender reveal parties, and friends having babies. They were constantly reminded of what they wanted but couldn't seem to have. Here's what Meg said. But I have something that everyone going through this journey doesn't. A tribe. My tribe. And in our tribe, we do things together. We conquered alcoholism and a rocky marriage with our tribe. And now we will conquer infertility, the heartache, the tears, the brokenness. We are broken together. I think about Ryan and Brittany Roden. After already delivering one son four months premature and spending four months in the NICU unit with him, they were excited about having another child. I'll never forget when they shared with Mandy and I about having another child. But in July 2013, they would suffer a second trimester miscarriage. And here's what Brittany said. Our world had once again been shaken to the core. We were left to pick up the pieces, but not alone. Our amazing brand new church family was there. The love, the cards, the knocks on the door just to leave cookies. To give a hug and to pray with us. We were not alone. We were broken together with a church that doesn't let you carry your brokenness alone. And that doesn't let you walk through the sad times alone. Damon and Zena Leggett. Their grandson, Riley, was diagnosed six months ago with leukemia. Just an innocent child. Here's what Zena wrote. The Sunday after Riley was diagnosed, we were called to the front of the church, and the entire congregation stretched their hands towards Shans to pray for Riley and our family. Our church members have faithfully prayed for Riley, provided gas and food cars for Haley, and consistently check in to see how Riley is doing. We are six months into our battle with leukemia, and Riley is winning. Thank you, DCC, for your prayer, support, and love. And then Kay Severson. On January 10th, 2009, her world as she knew it was shattered when she learned that her husband had been killed in an automobile accident. The following day, she chose to attend service at DCC since sitting at home would not change the circumstances. And that's when she saw the benefit of being broken together. That day, people cried with her. They provided words of encouragement. They offered prayers and they gave her their phone numbers and said, call at any time. Here's what Kay said. I'm grateful that I don't have to experience life alone and that I have friends, family to be here for me. Not only do they walk with me through the broken times, but also times of rejoicing. The same persons who came to me during my brokenness and my most difficult times of life were the same ones who were there to rejoice when Tim and I got married in April. And you see, church, these are just a few of our broken vessels. These are just a few of the stories. Everybody in this room, you've got a story of how you have been broken because of life's circumstances. 
And every year, God continues to add more broken people to this great church. And the pieces are piling up, and they keep piling up, and the mound is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and just more broken pieces are added every day. And I want you to know something. I wouldn't change a thing about it. With all of your problems, with all of your brokenness, I would not change one thing about it. If you're a guest with us today, if, if you're looking for a church that is made up of well-put-together people, I'm just telling you, you're in the wrong place because we're broken together. That's who we are. I love the way that the Message Bible states Colossians 1 and 20. Listen to this because this kind of sums up who we are. It says, all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. You see, that's our bonding agent. That's the one thing that we all have in common. We all come from different backgrounds. We've all been broken in different ways. But the one thing that we all have in common is Jesus Christ and how he puts us together as a group of broken people and he binds us together and it's through that that we become stronger we're broken together but man we're not defeated we're broken together but we're not distressed we're broken together but man we're stronger than we've ever been because of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our lives. In Rome, Italy, near the gate of St. Paul's, stands one of the most peculiar places on earth. I'm not talking about the Colosseum, the Roman Forum, or Vatican City. I'm referring to a place that looks a lot less majestic than those places. It's a place that's called Monte Testaccio. Monte Testaccio is a hill that is nearly a mile in circumference. At its highest point, it stands about 150 feet high at its peak. From a distance, it just appears to be a mound of dirt covered with some vegetation and some trees. But a close examination reveals the remarkable fact that this mound is almost entirely composed of fragments of broken pots. Layers upon layers make up this, this mountain there. At one time, it was flat ground like everything else around it. But it started as a dump for discarded pots that were used to transport olive oil from other ports to Rome. And for a period of about 250 years, this became the pot graveyard. They would just take the pots. It was cheaper for them just to break them, put them all in one place. And when they would send new oil in, they would send them in new pots. It was just cheaper to do it that way. And so it just became this graveyard for broken pots. It's estimated that close to 80 million pots make up Monte Testaccio. At one time, this place was abandoned. Because as you can imagine, it's just simply an eyesore. But over time, it's become appreciated. 
This place now sits in one of Rome's trendiest neighborhoods, and there's actually restaurants and businesses that are built into the side of Monte Testaccio. There have been Roman celebrations and festivals that have been held there in recent years. It was even used during Easter week at the end of Lent as the final stage of the way of the cross with reenactments of the crucifixion of Jesus taking place on the summit where a cross still stands to mark that place. And when I see this, in some weird way, nine years later, on our pottery anniversary, I see that we are a mountain of broken vessels positioned at the foot of the cross. That's all we are. But that's all we're called to be. And I know that in this room, there are people that walked in here today hurting, broken. And I want you to know you're in good company. You're in a great place because you're surrounded with other people just like you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.